Yeah, nice. Good morning. Uh, so, that special day, uh, do they mean it? Does he mean it when he gives the promise that I want to give my entire life to you? What my life is for is to make you happy. Does she mean it when she says, I want to give my life to you? I am here to build you up. I'm here. We are going to be one forever. Do they mean it? I submit they do. That for almost all of you, you meant it when you took that step. There's different promises that you have made to each other as a couple, and you, and you mean it. And uh, this morning, I'm super excited to uh, introduce you an idea. This was my favorite part of Reengage. This particular uh, piece that I'm going to teach you today is, was my favorite part of Reengage. I'd actually, I hadn't really thought of it in these words before, so I'm, I'm super excited to uh, share it with you. Because what we watch happen is people do mean it. They really do mean it. What we learned last week is, yeah, they mean it, but they don't have the power. We don't have the power to keep our promises. We don't have the power to keep our promises. We don't have the power to keep the promises she dreamed of. We don't have the power to keep the promises that God created us to make or to keep. And so Jesus came along and said, look, I want to give you that power. I want to, to take your place, be able to give you a new heart, and grow you into the person that has the power to be able to do that. And so we started with, yeah, if you don't acknowledge your broken heart and that you need Christ to be able to fix that broken heart, give Christ that heart, then that's the beginning step. Today I'm going to introduce you into uh, a, a new principle or uh, a new way of saying uh, a principle. Because he still cries. He still cries when he sees her. It's just for a totally different reason now. How did that happen? How did he go from, from <laughs> wow, to, oh, man. Like, what, what, what takes place? There's actually something that we practice without even knowing that we practice it. There's something we practice. It's very natural to us. We didn't think it up. It's very natural to us. And today, we're going to talk about that principle and see if we can work on reversing it. For some of you, just hearing the principle. You don't have to go home and, and, and change your life with it today. Just hearing the principle is, the, is enough for you because it'll be something you'll grab a hold of and then God will use and be, be able to teach you and how to practice that as we move forward. So the foundation to every healthy relationship, the foundation to every healthy relationship, as we talk about this today, uh, this is the foundation. If you're, if you're here today, you're like, well, I'm, I'm not married. I don't even plan on getting married. This principle applies to your relationships. If, uh, if you're here today and uh, you, it's a parent-child relationship or it's a worker relationship or friend relationship, this principle applies to this relationship. You'll be, you'll be able to apply it. Also, this is true for all of God's principles. Really true for this one. If you want to find out if this is the person you should continue dating, if you practice what I teach you today, it will take you about three months. You practice this for three months, you'll know whether or not you should stay with that person or whether or not you should not. Now, if you're not, if you're married, no, you're married. Okay? But if you're not, then we can work on this principle. Um, so here's the question. 
That's what we're going to be asking all day. Here's the question. Do you have a works-based relationship or a grace-based relationship? Is your relationship a works-based relationship or a grace-based relationship? A works-based relationship keeps points. It measures the love. And so I give a certain amount of love, and I expect a certain amount of love back. And I keep track of the love that they give back. The more they give back, the more I love, I love to give. So when you first get married, when you first start walking down that aisle, all right, love is incredibly easy. You just spent about $80,000 to make sure that that particular moment was the greatest moment of your life. Right? By the way, side note, don't spend that much money on your wedding. Don't do that. So you, 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 you set it all up. She just spent six hours getting ready for that moment to see, for you to see her, right? Like that is that moment. You've spent all that into it. It makes sense. It's easy to love each other in that, in that place. But what happens is you continue to love and you keep track of whether or not they're loving you back as much as you love them. It's a works-based relationship. A grace-based relationship is, no, 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 I am going to love them by grace. Grace means I'm going to give them something they don't deserve. I'm going to give them something they don't deserve. I'm not responding to them. I'm going to initiate love from someplace else, from grace. So the question in your relationship is, how do you interact? Workspace, grace-based. Big idea for the day. Your relationship with God is grounded in grace. Now, for, for some of you today, this is going to be the struggle because you don't have this relationship with God. You actually have a workspace relationship with God. What we've uh, learned from the beginning of the year, if you didn't get the series uh, that we did, so we started in January 1st, falling head over heels in love with Jesus, um, and you're like, I, I don't get this. He keeps talking about this grace-based thing. What is, what's, what is that? Go back and get that series and walk your way through that. Your relationship with God is grounded in grace. This is also speaking to people who have come to the place where they have become followers of Jesus Christ. What the Bible talks about as being born again. What the Bible talks about as being saved. They've entered into a relationship with God whereby they now trust Jesus. They've given their heart and eternity and future their identity to Jesus. In that relationship, it's, a, it's bounded on grace. And so must your relationship with your spouse. It's the foundational pillar to any healthy relationship. Your relationship with God is grounded in grace. And so must your relationship with your spouse. It's, foundational, it's a foundational pillar to any healthy relationship. So let's jump on the grace part first. What do you mean this relationship with God is grounded in grace? In Ephesians, it says it straight up. Um, it says, but because of his great love for us, so God loves us out of his grace, because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. So you deserve punishment, but you don't get it because of his mercy who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in our transgressions. Dead means separated. 
It doesn't just mean I don't exist anymore, or I was a body and now I'm, it looks like I'm asleep, right? It means to be separated. It means to not have life. I don't have the life of Christ. We're dead in our, trans- in our transgressions. We naturally are selfish, prideful. We naturally keep score of all of our relationships, including our relationships with God. And when we do the math, we deserve more than we're getting. That's what it means to be dead. It is by grace you've been given something you don't deserve that you've been saved. Christ initiated your relationship with him. You did not initiate it with him. You were going through life going, basically trying to get as much as you could from as many as you could. And along that journey, Jesus tapped you on the shoulder. And for some of you, he's tapping you now. You haven't entered into this relationship. So for some of you, you're in this room today because he's tapping on your shoulder. He's going. For most of us, we don't take that step until we get into trouble. Some kind of trouble. Like, wait, this didn't work out. And so he then pursues us and he saves us. We don't, I know that I am not going to hell. Well, that's cocky. No, it's not. It's because Jesus has saved me. It's not of anything I've done. It's because he saved me. All I've done is accept what he's done. He, He says it again a little bit, a few verses later. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. How do I accept it? I trust what he says. I trust who he is. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works. It's not a great, it's not a works relationship. It's a grace relationship. So no one can boast. So if you interact with God, as almost all of us naturally do, no, all of us do naturally interact with God this way. We think, I'm going to give something to God. I'm going to do something for God. I'm going to wave my flag. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be good. I'm going to turn my leaf over. I'm going to do something. And then God's going to see that. And then he's going to reward me. Then I get to boast. Matter of fact, we work really hard at Skyline. I'm sure we do it like others do too. But the most grating thing in the world is to hear a Christian boast about how good they are. No. No. Well, yeah, but I did this, and I love this, and I did this way. Do you see that? To which Jesus says, uh, that means nothing to me. No, no. My relationship with you is based on what I've done for you. It has nothing to do with what you've done for me. There's no boasting for a Christian. How about in your relationships? How many of your relationships or arguments are the two of you boasting about how much you've done for the other person and what you've done for the other person and boasting about how bad the other person is but how good you've been anyway? Keeping score. You're constantly boasting. When you boast, it's a relationship of works. Then he goes for the kicker, and we learned this a couple weeks ago. He says, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. What? Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So just as sin reigned in death, so grace might reign through righteousness. 
It means this. The harder it is for Jesus to love you, the more he loves you. The more of a mess you are, the more he loves you. See, Jesus doesn't look at it the way the world looks at it. And all, everybody in the world looks at it this way. I mean, you, you watch the news. You go to different countries. They think G, God's walking around going, is there any good people? Is there any good people? Oh, there's a good person. I like that person. Some of those bad people. The exact opposite. He's going, is there any sinners around here? I'd like to hang out with the sinners. I want to go toward the sinner. Because God's love, when he sees somebody who's hard to love, he just loves them harder. He sees it as a chance to give his grace. That's the relationship that a believer has with God. It's a grace-based relationship. Now, the workspace relationship, what does that look like? Well, the workspace relationship looks like this. I'm the better spouse, therefore I deserve to be loved better. Now, don't raise your hands. How many of you think you're the better spouse? <laughs> she couldn't help it. She's so, she's so good, she had to put her hand up. I, I want you to take this and wrestle with this a little bit. How many of you think you're the better spouse? Most of us have a list in our head as to why we're the better spouse. We definitely have a list in our head as to why they're not the better spouse. Because in a workspace relationship, you keep score all the time. That's what works is all about. Now, there's a few of you who realize you're not the better spouse. You realize it. You've always been able to get by because you're quick with your tongue or maybe you're great looking or maybe you're really cool, but you're a lazy son of a gun. <laughs> and you, you go out without your spouse. You have actually built your own life outside of your spouse. You are used to your spouse pouring more love into the relationship than you do. And you're okay with it. As a matter of fact, you think you deserve it. Still a workspace relationship. Not cool. Not cool. But you've accepted it. And some of you as spouses have accepted that as well. You're like, I am the better spouse. This is the way it's always going to be. That's just the way it is. You're still in a workspace relationship. That's how you relate to one another. In a works-based relationship, this means that I won't or they won't extend love unless their spouse performs the way they think they should. Now, we use the word love so generally that we hear this all the time. Like, they're divorced and 
they, they treat each other terribly and they go, yeah, but I still love them. No, 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 no. That's not love. You, you don't think that because you have this feeling of some kind of whatever you've defined it as, that that's love. That's not love. Love, as we discovered last week, is what you do. Love is what you do. This is not a feeling. This is not like ooh, the force, right? right? <laughs> love is what you do. So this means they won't extend love unless their spouse performs the way they think they should. Do you have a workspace relationship? Do you, inside of yourself, when they do what you want, you act accordingly? And when they don't, you don't. You measure how you're going to treat them based on how they treat you. You do what? You respond to them. A workspace relationship says, you've not earned my love, so I cannot give it to you today. Now, don't, don't confuse this with a decision. You don't sit down and go, okay, they did one, two, and three. Yes, I can give you love. Uh, they didn't do one, two, and three. I can't. No, no. It's inside of you. You say it to your friends. You, you, you can't expect me to love them in this situation. You can't expect me to live this way. You can't expect me. It's deep inside. You feel fully justified on any given night when he walks through the door and doesn't do what he is supposed to do, you feel fully justified spending the rest of the night in a bad mood. Like it's not your fault. No, no, no. It's a workspace relationship whereby they have not earned your love, therefore you cannot give it to them. You really believe you can't give it to them because they didn't earn it. Now, how about a grace-based relationship? How does this work? Grace-based, uh, I want to read this part of it first. Uh, grace causes you to be an advocate for your spouse. Grace causes you to be an advocate to your spouse. This is a whole new idea for some of you. You've never thought of this before. An advocate is somebody who says, I'm on their side. I'm fighting for them. I want them to succeed. Don't confuse that with being an advocate for your marriage. When you're an advocate for your marriage, it's I want them to change so our marriage can be better, which literally means I want them to change so I can get what I want. That's what it means. I want them to change so I can love them. If they'll change, then I can love them. Our, our marriage will work if you will change. Therefore, I'm an advocate for my marriage. No. This is, I'm an advocate for them. Therefore, I don't make a case against them. What's natural? What's natural is you make a case. You carry the briefcase with you all the time. Your entire life is just putting that. You're just making a case. You're making a case. You're building the case as to why they're not doing what they need to do. Therefore, I can't love you. Grace is, no, no, no. I'm making a case. I'm making a case for them. I am going to pour into my wife so that she can blossom. 
not because of what she pours into me, but because I am going to give her love based on grace. She didn't earn it. She may not even deserve it. But grace base says, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, next is uh, love by grace is to initiate. It's to initiate. Now, I looked up this word on the thesaurus, and I loved all of the words after it. So I'm going to read all of them. Okay? Love by grace is to initiate, which means to begin, commence, inaugurate, institute, launch, open, set up, take up, trigger, admit, enter, induct, install, intro, invest, originate, pioneer, break the ice, come out with, come up with, dream up, get the ball rolling, get feet wet, get underway, instate, shh, I'm reading, and kick off, make up, set in motion, take in, usher in. You, you get the idea, right? Initiate means I'm not responding to you. I'm not waiting to see what you will pour into my life. I'm not waiting to see what you're going to do for me. I am going, I have, a, I have a purpose. I have a mission. I have something I'm trying to do. I want to, in the man's life, I want her to blossom. In the woman's life, I want to build him up. That's what I'm going to do. That's a grace-based relationship. So let's try and practice it. Uh, her needs, we're going to just hit two of the top two needs. Um, her needs, number one is affection. Number one is affection. So this is always fun when I ask guys, okay guys, give me the definition of affection. And, and he'll usually go, do nice things. And I'm like, okay, like, like what? Flowers and cards and chocolate, which are ways that you show affection. Okay, they are show. They're ways you show affection, but that's not what affection is. Affection has two definitions. The second one is my definition, and again, it's worth coming to church today. Affection is that she wants to know that you are thinking about her. Period. All the time, 24-7, that you are thinking about her. So her comes in lots of different packages in lots of different ways. Okay? So therefore, what it means to show affection to her is very different than what it means to show affection to her. The other thing is that it changes all the time. There's a reason for that. When you bring her roses, and she's like, oh, it wasn't Valentine's Day, it wasn't anything special, I just was thinking about you, and I got you these roses. And you see a little, like, it's awesome, it's incredible, and you're like, all right. That worked. All right. I'm going to do that again every Thursday. So then you show up the next Thursday, roses. She's like, oh. Like the fourth or fifth week, she's like, Thanks. You're like, what happened? You weren't thinking about her. You weren't thinking about her at all. It just worked once, and you did it again. Affection is, I'm thinking about her. Now, here's the big money one. Number two, affection is the ability to read her mind. See, she wants you to be able to read her mind. Does that make sense? Now, 
It is impossible to read her mind. It is not impossible to trick her into thinking you did read her mind. But to do that, you have to think about her a lot. You have to study her. You have to know everything and be able to figure out, okay, th- okay I, know, I, know who she, I know this means this is what's important to her. This is what she values. So then this is what I'm going to do to show that affection. Now, on your wedding day, that's basically all you have on your mind. I want this to be the greatest day of her life. And you are thinking about her all day. Once you have kids, when you go away for a weekend, you can do, you do that. You can do that kind of naturally. Like, that, that's her. Have you ever noticed when you go away on vacation, I've noticed there's like this one-hour circle around your home or New Jersey, right? It's like, ah, that's awesome. And you, you back into that, you, go, you drive into the circle and it gets dark, right? And you're like, this, ah, it's harder. It's harder. Because this list shows up. And you begin to go, wait a minute, but she's not being loving to me. And you have a list of things as to why you can't be affectionate. That's a works-based relationship. You're not affectionate because of how she made you feel or what she did for you. Grace-based is, no, no, no. The purpose of my life is for her to know she is the most loved woman on the face of the earth. That's the goal of my life. Is that my wife believes she's the most loved woman on the face of the earth. You can't do that with a law-based relationship. So then there's his needs. His number one need is sexual intimacy. Sweetie, honey. Yes? Is it me or is it hot in here? Believe me, it's just you. Don't get any ideas. Come on, please. No. Please. Go to bed. Pretty please. Every night you ask him, what do I say? No. You think you would get the hint. You don't have to be so mean about it. Look, for you it's as easy as flipping on a switch, but for me it's a lot more. Baby, I know, I know. But it just feels good. Maybe to you. Look, if you do it tonight, I won't ask anymore. <laughs> I've heard that one before. Come on, please. Even though you know I don't want to. Yeah. It's always what you want, isn't it? Actually, no. If it was, we would do it every night, and I wouldn't always have to ask. Fine, but you owe me. Thank you. Uh, Told you you'd feel good. I don't know why you guys think like you do. So, sexual intimacy, sexual intimacy, and it doesn't say sex, it says sexual intimacy. There's a difference. Because sexual intimacy is when a woman attracts and then 
gives away her beauty. She attracts a, a man with her beauty, and then she reveals it or gives away her beauty. And when you're on your wedding night, or when he has taken you away for a weekend and poured all of this love into you, that's awesome, right? And it's, it's natural to be able to do that. But what about when he's not showing the affection? What about when he hasn't really been intimate with you emotionally? What about when he won't put the dishes in the right place in the dishwasher? And he won't put this away, and he won't fix that, and he won't do this other thing, and he, he just won't, and you have this list of things. Well, do you have, and this one's, this one's pretty easy to do the workspace thing, right? You feel very, very, very justified in not giving sexual intimacy because he doesn't deserve it. He hasn't earned it. Do you have a workspace relationship or a grace-based relationship? Her needs, number two, is conversation. This one is interesting because my perspective is that women can never understand. It's impossible for a woman to understand the amazing intimacy that a, feel, a man feels when it comes to sex. Like it, it's not in their DNA. That's not how they experience intimacy. It's not through sex. That is how a guy does. So it, it, it's something that she has to be able to go, wait, I, I, that is how he experiences it, but I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand how that works. Well, that's what conversation is like for me. And that's what conversation is like for men. All right? It makes no sense. I mean... No sense whatsoever. This is how it works. I've, I've learned this principle a long time ago, and I've learned to practice it. So the way that you would practice this is when, just before you get home, if you, if you drive home, uh, then you would, you would stop in the driveway and get out your notebook and write this all down. If you take the train home, what a blessing, right? Because you, you can take all these notes on the blessing and this what you, on the train. This is what you do. You make note of... If, if you want it to be great every 15 minutes, if you want it to be like incredible, amazing intimacy, you do it every five minutes. So what'd you do? Hey, how'd your day go? Oh, today I left for work and I drove down Route 46 and I stopped at Dunkin' Donuts. And, and while I was in Dunkin' Donuts, I saw this person, this lady, she, she had black shoes on and red shoes on. I thought it was a little odd. And then I, uh, I, I went to work and, and I talked to this person and then I did this and the color of the, the, the floor was gray. And then I, uh, after, after I had lunch, I walked, through, uh, walked from one building to the other and the sun was out and and you go all the way through your entire day, and you give as much detail of which means nothing. I mean nothing. These, this does not matter. And when you get done, Lori's like, oh, I feel so close to you. I don't get it. When I got, when I got married... I understood it about this much. 
I've been married for 40 years. I understand it about that much. It doesn't make any sense. But it's true. So, works-based marriage, grace-based marriage. Works-based marriage, that's ridiculous. Why would I do that? I'm not like that. I'm not a guy who talks. I'm not that kind of guy. Right. And besides, she didn't, have, she didn't make love with me for three days. She didn't do this, and she hasn't done that, and she hasn't done this, and she hasn't done that. She doesn't make me feel that way. And she, works-based marriage, grace-based marriage. See, in a grace-based marriage, I'm going to have that conversation with her because, not because she earned it or deserved it, but because I love her. The love comes from grace. It doesn't come from earning it. It doesn't come from works. His needs, number two, is companionship. And uh, that is playing or working together. That means when he says, hey, you want to come watch me play basketball? You go, oh, I'd love to come watch you play basketball. (laughs) Which, by the way, when you were dating, you couldn't wait to go watch him play basketball. (laughs) Now... What a waste of time. There's no way I'm going to do that. Uh, Just one more thing because we got to move on. One more thing. Companionship is not going to the mall or Costco. (laughs) Companionship doesn't mean spending time shopping. That is torture. It means spending time doing things that are fun. You got a workspace relationship? Great space relationship. Do you genuinely say to yourself, no, I'm not, I, they haven't earned it? Wow. They, no. What? I can't, no. Or, yeah, why? The purpose of my life is to build him up. And this is one of the major ways that I can do that in his life, regardless of how he's treating me. Which one do you have? Now, you you have to wrestle with this next piece, guys. This next piece is not about me giving you information and you doing it. As a matter of fact, in most of our marriages, people say that marriage is hard. They say it's really, really, really hard. And the truth is, if you're going to try to be married with a works-based marriage, it's hard. It's really hard. And you'll end up being a martyr. You'll end up being one of those people like, I'm going to love them. I'm going to do what's best for them. I'm going to do what's best for her. You'll be a martyr. And everybody around you will know you're the better spouse. But one day, you'll say, that's enough. I've had it. And you'll turn bitter. And you'll still try to act like it. But the life will just drain right out of it. I don't believe grace-based marriages are hard. But that's based on my experience. You have to wrestle with this. It's where you are. See, at this point, You can't ride what the church is doing. You can't ride what we're doing here together. At this point, 
It's between you and God. It's about you being honest with yourself and with God. You see, if we try to earn God's love, we will demand that others earn our love. If your relationship with God is works-based, you think that God is waiting for you to do something. He wants you to produce. And if you produce, if you do what he wants, then he acts on your behalf, you're going to treat everybody else like that. It's true for your parenting. That's the relationship that we have. The way that we think God treats us tends to be the way that we treat other people. So how do you think God treats you? We keep trying to teach you that it's a grace-based relationship. But you personally have to investigate that. You, you, you can't go through life going, yeah, I believe in Jesus. You have to investigate this. Next is, if we build our lives on God's grace, we will give our love freely with no strings attached. You see, the dream of Skyline is that we help people build lives transformed by God's grace. We are not trying to become better people. Skyline is not a church you go to because that's where all the good people go. Skyline is a church you go to because it's the people who realize they're broken. And so we want to build our lives with God based on grace. Then we will give our love freely with no strings attached. It works like this. This is wedding day. You're entirely full of love. You can't wait to give it away. You give it away. It's awesome. You have children. You give it away. It's awesome. Your mother-in-law moves in the house. You give it away. <laughs> Let's just make that another child. What do you expect to happen? And much of your relationship counseling and re- books you read and things you try to determine are how do I get this flow to go back and forth? Because you're convinced if the flow went back and forth the right way, you'd have a happy life. That's workspace. It is. There's a problem with it. The problem with it is this. You're pouring in here, but there's this other place that it goes. You'd like it to go back to you, but it doesn't always go back to you. There's this other place that it goes. It's called life. It's just life. It just sucks a lot of things out of you. So you could try to change life. Good luck. So how is it going to work when I've loved and loved and loved? And I've measured it, and I'm empty. I've filled them up, but I'm empty. You need God's grace. Now, if this illustration was really good, I'd have somebody in here with a hose that fills this back up. 
Because God's grace never empties. Yes. Right? It never goes down. I am convinced not that love is e- marriage and relationships are easy when they're done by grace. They're powerful. They're not hard. My experience is when I accept God's grace, the power to love my wife when she doesn't deserve it, it's there. It's, it, it drives me. I've discovered there's an incredible joy to loving my wife when she doesn't deserve it. The first time I ever learned this principle was Lori and I would get in a fight and then I would go and confess and ask forgiveness, and then she would. And I noticed that I kept doing it, but she wouldn't come first. So I said, that's it. This is a clear workspace relationship. I'm not, I'm not apologizing first again. I'm going to wait. She is going to do this. We can't, no. And it went a couple months. I don't actually remember how, how long it was. And then God said to me, he, he did say this to me. He goes, really? And so, did I wait? Did I wait? And, and didn't I call you to love her so that she would know she was the most loved woman on the face of the earth? How does what you're doing now have anything to do with that? And after, after we fought, he won. And I said, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm going to do this. I'm, from now on, I'm asking first, but I'm going to keep track of how long it takes. <laughs> five years. It was five years. For five years, I always apologized first. Always. Do you think I lost something because of that? No. Do you think I went through life and go, oh, sir, I'm better than you because... No, 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 no. No. I might have done that a few times. <laughs> I slipped back into the law-based thing. No. What I discovered is there's this incredible joy in loving somebody by grace. But it's impossible if you're not tied into the grace that Jesus has for you. Let's pray. Lord, beautiful principle. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're great. You're awesome. And it's not because you give us worldly things or even what we want. It's because you introduce us to this life, this this life built on grace, which is free It's full of power. It's full of life. And it creates this amazing byproduct of relationships that are genuinely healthy. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, would you you just pray this prayer? Would you say, Jesus, I don't know you. But I want to open my life to you. 
show me who you are. I'll investigate, I'll ask, but Jesus, I need you to show me who you are. If you're here this morning and you recognize that you relate to God based on the law or based on works, it's not so much a prayer as it is let go. Jesus, I don't want to produce for you anymore. I just want to trust you. I want to accept what you've done for me. If you're here this morning and you're like, wow, I I clearly have this this works-based relationship. Would you commit to, for one week, for one, just one week, in every conflict you have, when every conversation you have with yourself, you'll go back to, wait, I'm interacting like this is works-based. Nope. They do not have to earn it. I'm going to give them what they don't deserve. Lord, open our eyes that we might see just how wide and high and long and deep is your love. In your name we pray. Amen.